This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We're here to preview Aston Villa versus Fulham at the weekend. I've clicked the wrong buttons. Apart from that, John, how are we? Have you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I had two minutes there to do my work, but um, no, I was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a little bit like coming back from Bodymore, but I think we're on time. Doing well, thanks, Dan. I rush around at Bodymore as usual today for the press conference, but yeah, looking forward to tomorrow, an important game. Villa could go five points ahead of Tottenham, so obviously they would have that game against Chelsea later on in the season. Um, but a very important match and I think it will be difficult against Forest. They need points because they don't know where they're going to be come the end of the season with potential deductions, etc. like Everton had. So, um, mm. yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, me too. It's uh, all kind of set up to be a really, really good game, isn't it? Well, we hope, obviously. And it does feel like a, an important one in terms of the league position and what we want to achieve this year. Like we, I feel, feel like every week at this point, we're going to talk about must-wins and cup finals and whatnot. But I suppose it isn't that territory yet in the sense that if we lose tomorrow, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, it certainly puts a, da- a dent in people's moods, if nothing else. Um, it just, just feels like one of those games where you kind of, kind of build on some kind of momentum from beating Fulham last week. You beat Forest, you then go into a game against Luton, who... Again, Villa are clearly better than Luton in terms of uh, quality of player with a real opportunity to make it three wins in a row and then like a massive game against Spurs in a big week with uh, two games against Ajax, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. This feels like a bit of um, a pivotal moment in the season, doesn't it? This little mini period we're in at the moment. Yeah, we mentioned, or I mentioned that I'd probably take seven points out of the three games before Tottenham. We've made a really good start, so you kind of just want to push it to nine now. Um, Mm. I think, you know, you, again, it's, it seems quite um, cliche, but you need to just take every game as it comes at this stage of the season because Villa will be going into every match wanting to win it or believing that they can win it, maybe apart from Man City away um, and Arsenal away. And potentially Liverpool at home, depending if they could win the league title or something, I don't know. But in every other game, you're thinking, you know, Villa can win this match. So it is important that we take it step by step because if we take our eye off the ball against Forest, we don't win the game. Same goes for Luton because there are Premier League teams who have top players like Gibbs White, for example. Um, I really like him. They have some uh, quality wingers, good midfielders. I don't know if Sangare's back. Uh, probably should have checked before we went live um, from AFCON. But uh, yeah, Awani as well. Another good player. And Nuno always sets his teams up very well well-organised, those Wolves um, teams are kind of different iterations in those years that he had there. Um, they're always very difficult to play against. I think Emery's only won one of, I don't know how many games it was, maybe four to six games against Nuno, something like, something like that. Nuno himself, I think, shadowed Emery at Valencia uh, too. So 
bit of context behind the game there. Um, yeah, so it, very interesting matchup. Something that I think most neutrals will look at and think um, Villa, you know, kind of a banker for three points, kind of you, you'd put it in your acker sort of thing. But I don't think it will be so clear cut. I think Villa need to just um, get through the 90 minutes with three points, however which way they do it. And I don't think it will be yeah. very easy. Um, but again, at this stage, it doesn't really matter about that. We have injuries that we aren't going to play to um, kind of our full strength, full capacity, I don't think, because I don't know if we can without players like Kamara or Konza. Um, but it doesn't matter as long as we win the matches uh, from now to the end of the season. And as I say, we'll be in a really good position if we can win tomorrow. Kind of takes the heat off that Tottenham game if we can go into it um, with six points. When I say take the heat off, I mean take the pressure off really because that is going to be a big game. You know, a six-pointer again like the United match. Um, but Tottenham will be coming to us thinking they're probably, maybe they don't have to win, but... You know, if they don't beat us, then that's a missed opportunity for them rather mm. than a missed opportunity for us, I think, if we are yeah. you know, so many points ahead. Um, but of course, yeah, that game is you know, huge in itself. And as you say, done two games against Ajax as well between then. You just want to get four points against um, Forest and Luton now and, you know, roll into those games. Was that four points or four points? Well, F- oh. F- well I, I should have clarified that. As soon as I said it, I thought... We'll take four points. We want six. Yeah, full points. <laughs> uh, there's two comments saying previewing Fulham? Question mark. So I don't know whether I said Fulham or you said Fulham or whether Marco Silver is on the thumbnail or something. But a mistake. So if, uh, those two comments can clarify that. If it's we just said Fulham, it's been a long week and that was a slip of the tongue. We're here for Nottingham Forest, of course. Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about the precedent first of all. That's the the premise of the show. You've been to Bodymore Heath today to see Unai Emery. Uh, how was he? Yeah, all good. At Bodymore. Um, a lot of questions about, uh, you know, injuries. They're going to impact you going into the rest of the season. He doesn't seem to think so. He's mentioned that it's like a part and parcel of the season. He's not particularly um, fussed as long as Villa can adapt and overcome from that. Uh, a lot of praise for Forrest as well, as I mentioned earlier. Um, a lot of respect for Nuno, for Forrest themselves. They're, well, they are only one of four teams to beat Villa this season, I think, yeah. in the, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously Villa... Um, couldn't respond to uh, Newcastle beating them. Liverpool will wait and see later in the season. Um, and yeah, uh, Forest. I think I might have mentioned Fulham earlier. Forest and Fulham, I'm not too sure. Um, but Forest, yeah, they will come to Villa Park and they need points now. It's, it's getting towards that uh, point of the season, especially when you look at teams like Luton and um, Everton. I think they've got it in them to scrap and get those points when they need them. And Forest, I think, um, need to show more of that last season they did towards the end, but they kind of relied on their home form. Now this is a completely different Forest, not necessarily the team, but it feels very different to when we played them. Um, a year ago, even though they are in a pretty similar position, I just think with Nuno coming in, it's going to be much harder to um, to beat them and for most teams to beat them. I think they've scored in every game under Nuno as well. Um, so yeah, Emery was full of praise for for them, especially Gibbs White, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and there will be problems, I think. Um, <laughs> we'll face problems, sorry, trying to defend against their attacking force because there's a lot of quality there. But then... Mm. If it on its head, Villa can get out the Forest team as well. So I expect goals in the game. Um, but yeah, three points is all that matters, really. So it's kind of like, you know, we can talk about how the game's going to go. But ultimately, if Villa come out with it with a win, then that's, um, yeah, that's all that matters. To go with a, a full cliche within the first few minutes, is it the early goal 
that's super important for Villa if Villa get it is that not game over but massively helps Villa if they go 1-0 up in, in 10 minutes because Forest may be you know this great not great but they're a decent attacking side that is what they're there for counter-attacking under Nuno something that he will want to do yeah. defensively I don't have that structure I don't think yet that they can be relied upon defensively to just kind of sit back and then counter and spring something because they, they make mistakes and yeah. they're a little bit shaky at the back but there's no denying that they have got quality up front and they have got goals in the side so does that kind of nullify a little bit that if they're only relying on a counter-attack if they're already 1-0 up in 10-15 minutes it makes their job so much harder Possibly I think it's more of a you know more, more the case of if Villa concede first what will happen then because we've lost the last three home games I believe obviously two in the league um, we haven't lost three in the league since Dean Smith in 2020 I think so I mean I mean, just in general, we've been very good at home up until the last month or so. Um, and Forrest, as you say, they love a transition. That They were like that under Steve Cooper. They, they would rarely dominate possession and um, kind of play their way through teams. It was always, um, you know, the wingers would bomb down the sides and you'd have Gibbs White who can carry the ball very well. Almost Grealish-esque the way that he um, can move the ball. So, yeah, I think Villa can get in front. I don't think that would be game over, but as you say, I think we'd put them in a very strong position, of course, but especially against the Forest team, who, as you say, done a pretty vulnerable going the other way. And Villa want to counter-attack themselves. They like the space as much as Forest do. Um, the only, I mean, it's a big difference, but um, Villa can obviously dominate possession. And I think Forest will be happy for us to do that. So it's um, about us kind of stopping their threat more than anything. If we do that, I think we'll win the game because I think we'll mm-hmm. be able to score goals. Um, yeah, if we can mitigate what they're doing, that will put us on, on the way to winning the match. But, you know, Awini is a very strong player, very physically dominant. Um, coming up against Torres and Longley, that I think is a bit of an issue there. Um, the two wingers, Hudson Odoi, Alanga, very quick. And as I say, Gibbs White has got a lot of quality. So, um, yeah, Villa will have to be on top form to kind of, uh, as I say, mitigate that. But going the other way, I think we can get a few goals. So um, I'm not, you know, kind of worried in that aspect. Mm, yeah, me too. That's kind of how, how I assess the game as well. Let's get into the injury update then. It's pretty much as you were in Samson. Nothing fresh to report, thank thank God, considering how close we are to uh, not really having much depth to fall back on. Um, but it's updates on, on Constra, I suppose. He's recovering well or whatever the phrase was and, and Diego Carlos is still missing, isn't it? Yeah, so the kind of the three players that Villa currently have out, I mean, obviously there's another three, but they won't be playing this season in Mings, Buendia and Kamara. But uh, Constra, Emery said, is progressing well. Um Obviously not back for this game. Carlos is training alone and he said that Durant was just the same. So, yeah, I don't know whether, you know, we're looking at kind of concert coming back within the next fortnight to three weeks or something. Maybe that's the timeline. And then Carlos and Duran, I don't know, maybe two, three, four, something like that. Um, but no, there's nothing kind of serious between those injuries. They'll be back. You know, again, when I say running, I mean the kind of last 10 games of the season. It's that kind of area that you're looking to kind of um, bleed them back into training, that sort of thing. And then they'll mm-hmm. be ready to um, hopefully play their part probably too soon for the kind of the return of Ajax, the, the second leg for Ajax, but then maybe the quarterfinals, etc. That would be when they'd come back, I suppose. Um, if we get there, that. John. If we get yeah, to the quarterfinal. Yeah, we get there. Um but that's when the season really is going to ramp up in terms of fixtures like the Tottenham and Ajax stuff, uh, Luton. I forget who we play after Tottenham now. I think it's West Ham away, isn't it? Which is a really tough run. That's going to be like um, one, uh, as I say, kind of uh, a lot of volume of games there. I think there's an international break coming up at the end of March. But then after that, that's when you want Conte, Carlos, Duran all back. I mean, you want them back before, but that's when you want you know your full squad there, no more injuries, etc. Last two months of the season, then in, in, if you've 
you know, beaten Ajax, you've got through there, then you can focus on getting top four conference league. It's almost like a little mini season in itself, those last two months. It's going to be a lot of games, a lot of um, pressure as well, considering the position that we could be in, in both competitions. So, um, yeah, you need a, kind of the full complement of, uh, of players for that run then. We definitely need to quantify on this podcast what the running is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. I feel like it changes every week. Our definition of what we're running is. I look at one. Uh, sorry, when Emery, um, he always mentioned the last like thirty games. Sorry, the last thirty. He always says like match day thirty or something. Because like, ask me then if we're in the race of the Champions League. So I kind of look towards like eight, ten games. The last like eight games. Yeah. The final five feels like they're running. So, um, <laughs> mate, it feels like they're running right now because every game is so important. Yeah. So I think it's just me or Villa fans, I don't know, kind of adjusting to the, you know, what we could achieve this season. It feels a bit alien, so I think we're just getting used to, um, you know, like I think Arsenal fans, when they were going for the league last year, never would always be like, oh, this isn't the running yet. And it was like 10 games left. The running was like the last three games for Neville. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm probably going too soon, but every game is hugely important now, isn't it? It's a shame if we lose to mm. Forest, everyone probably thinks, oh, well, you know, I'll take top six again. That's what I said last week. It's, um, it's very reactionary at this point of the season, but uh, as long as we keep doing our thing, then those reactions will be less, I suppose. Mm. Still a lot of time for things to change. Spurs have got a particularly tricky run in, in March, April. You know, they could lose two in a row or something and we go, oh, we've got a huge gap now. And But then again, things change later in the season. So the running for me is five or six games, I think. I think 12 or 13. You can't call that a running. It's just that's, way, that's way too it's the third of the season. Is that a running? Um, anyway, let's move on. We're going to go away from match day next, the part of the show where we get to speak about something that's not related fully, at least, to Forest versus Villa at the weekend. Uh, there were some comments from Emery about uh, FFP or PSR. They weren't embargoed, were they, by the way? No, no. It's on Boeing no. Live right now. Okay, so do you want to just talk through a little bit about, it was going to be asked, wasn't it? There's been a lot of talk about FFP over the last week or so. This was something that was going to come up. I have re- read the quotes. I'm not fully sure I know what's going on just based off Emery's quotes alone. Do you? Well, he's not going to tell us every aspect of it. I mean, what I would say straight away is that clearly there is a situation. I mean, we knew this anyway, right? There's obviously a situation in place where Villa may have to sell um a player or players, I don't know. We'll find out if it is the case. Uh, in the summer window, because of PSR, will they have to raise funds? For example, if they want to spend a certain amount of money, what will they have to raise to balance that? So, again, mm-hmm. he's not going to come out and say a specific thing because I think even he doesn't know exactly what we're working with. You know, Champions League will change that, I presume, as well, if we get it. Um, but he basically didn't shut down the idea, which in any other case, you know, you'd expect him to do if there was no situation. But of course, we we know that there is. So, um, yeah, he basically just said it's not a drama. So by that, I kind of extrapolate him sort of saying, if that is the case, it's not a big problem, basically, when he says mm-hmm. that. It doesn't mean it's, it's not a drama in terms of nothing's happening or, or nothing will happen. Because he then goes on to talk about, you know, if we have to do one thing to balance or to make the squad stronger, we will have to do it. So um, I think we all know what that means. There could be 
a sale or a big sale, which could either fund new players in different positions or balance the books. Um, again, we'll have to wait and find out, but I think we're all aware of the situation. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be a huge surprise if in the summer there was a sale, um, which I think, you know, I think it's better for Emery to kind of, as I said, there's only so much he can say, but it's better for him to say these things rather than just shut it down when there is um, a situation because you don't want to come to the summer where a player leaves and whatever it may be. And then everyone's kind of questioning, oh, why has this happened? Where are we now? Mm. Is, 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 you know, are we a selling club? That's all that rubbish. Um, so I think it's nice to kind of know where we are without knowing exactly if, if you kind of get my drift. Um, the Villas account should be published, I think, in March. Um, so there will be more kind of detail there. Uh, I'm not sure a lot of people know or are more clued up than me than, uh, than me, sorry, in terms of the football finance aspect. And they'll be able to kind of do more detailed reports on what this could exactly mean. Um, so, yeah, it's basically the case of Emery didn't shut down the idea of selling one of Villa's big players. But again, I don't think that's necessarily news. It's just kind of interesting that it kind of came from the horse's mouth because I think he has been asked before, but he didn't say much. He was more, you know, we follow the rules basically full stop. Um, mm. There's a bit more detail in terms of if we want to improve the team, you know, we have a plan to kind of do that and that might be selling a player, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's, it is literally one of those, isn't it? To to second guess what might happen or might not happen is foolish at this stage. If we qualify for the Champions League, that would certainly help. We've spoken before that you could sell two or three players on the fringes on high wages. Like I say on the fringes is not the right term really for a Luca Dean or Diego Carlos because they've obviously played a fair amount, but somebody that you maybe would not consider to be one of the big hitters of Louise or Martinez or Watkins, somebody somebody on the fringes in that sense. They're on big wages. You could get some money for them. Maybe you see three or four smaller sales rather than one big Ollie Watkins to Man United for 90 million or whatever. Um, but yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, um, but we wait and see. You know, We assess that in the summer. There will be the accounts dropping, I don't know, end of the month, the start of next month possibly. There's a finance expert that works for the company and we will get him on the podcast at some point to discuss the results of those accounts and he will be able to better break down what specific things mean rather than us going, well, we're not really sure. And that is fine, by the way. We're not finance people. We're here to talk about Aston Villa on the pitch. So we will do our best to inform people with what we know. But it is also fine to say, well, yeah, we don't we don't know. It's, a, it's an ever-changing situation. If Villa finished eighth, for example, God forbid, or finished fourth, that changes everything. And we won't know that until the end of May. So sitting here in February and trying to guess, there's a lot of variables still. Yeah, a lot of variables. And as I mentioned, also, you know, we don't know exactly, or Emery and Monchi won't know exactly where they want to strengthen, or they might know where they want to strengthen, but who is available? What can they do? What can they do with mm-hmm. the money? Um, so it's not a case of, oh, we have to just sell this player to do this. As you say, Dan, in February, um, there's a long way to go yet. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, as you say, not worth second guessing, but kind of everything's on the table still. All options are open in terms of will they sell, will they not? Um, again, depends on interest. Will they have to sell someone before the um uh the PSR deadline. I don't know the exact date, but it's um obviously earlier than August. So yeah, it is it, an interesting situation. It's not a particularly nice one, I don't think, because you know we want to kind of just concentrate on top four winning the conference league. Everything's happy in the world. But you know it's a bit sad if we have to then sell someone. But mm. as I said I think the rules probably protect the top six in that way. Um we're trying to get into it, but it's kind of like two two steps forward and maybe one step back. We'll find out. Um, but that one step back might not be so big because um, 
we, as we said before, we have Emery, we have Monchi, we have Damian, we have all these people who can, uh, you know, in my opinion, if we had to sell a top player, would be able to replace them and make the squad, you know, probably stronger yeah. as well. So, Agreed. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a good situation. The Conference League draw was midday today. Uh, we pulled Ajax out of the bag, which I really quite enjoy that, to be honest. Villa Ajax sounds sexy, doesn't it? That, that is the tie of the round, in, in my opinion. Um, what was your initial reaction to this? Did you think, I want to avoid Ajax? Did you want Did you want to draw this kind of flashy, glamour tie? How, how did you feel? There was a couple of teams who, I'd, who I was looking at in terms of, uh, um, you know, what's the most likely team for us to beat I suppose Ajax wasn't top but it wasn't bottom as well um so I'm happy with Ajax I think there's quite a few positives in us getting them firstly for the fans I think it's going to be a great experience for them to go over there mm. secondly the travel it's you know a very short um plane journey over uh to Amsterdam we've always obviously already done that Alkmaar is very close to Amsterdam so I presume it's the same airport that the Villa players landed at um and uh, the third point we can beat them as well over both yeah. Um, legs, you know. I, I watched the. I mean, I sent you a video, didn't I? Done yesterday, the Borough Glimp player scoring against Ajax because uh, I'm sad and I was watching the game, and they battered. No, them. not sad at all. You that is perfect research for this body. Watch it. You you watched our opponents last night. That's excellent. People were doing better things at six o'clock on a Thursday. Maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. Um, but Borough Glimp battered them. Like in the first mm. game, they were winning two 0 until the ninetieth, ninety first minute or something, and then two late goals. Ajax kind of get back in the tie. But, but honestly, they missed about three or four huge chances. They missed one literal open goal. The guy just fell over. Um, I think they hit the bar as well. They had 28 shots, I think, to Ajax's eight or nine. Can't quite remember. 64% possession. So, firstly, Bodeglimps are a good team and they have a good manager. That um, Is it Knutson or something? He's always linked with championship jobs. But no idea. He's a good gaffer. And, um, yeah, Ajax were outplayed. So, I'm happy to play them certainly at home I think away from home there as well you kind of look at it and think well from my perspective the the one team that I didn't want or maybe the two was uh, Zagreb and Olympiakos because we've had the experience of going to Legia playing in a bit of a you know or very much so a cauldron of noise and I think that's exactly what it would have been um, Zagreb I don't know so much because they were playing in like a partially empty stadium for some reason um, but you get my point of you know kind of further away to travel but also you don't know exactly what you're going to get from those teams. You know, it's mm. a mixed bag, but we know how Ajax are going to play because Dutch teams play very similar. Um, we obviously thrashed AZ, who were in the semi-finals last season against West Ham. At home, it was obviously more difficult, but I think that was kind of partly on our fault, really, because we didn't play particularly well against AZ. So if we play well against Ajax away from home, we can have the tie in our hands then. Uh, you know, we go to a place where... I think the players will enjoy playing as well. You know, it's a nice mm. stadium. It's not going to be particularly raucous. Um, good experience for the Villa fans. They'll be loud as always. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. I, I think it's a good draw. I, I would have preferred probably like Civet maybe in terms of um, just a, kind of a performance outlook because it's um, a team that Villa would definitely be, beat, sorry, I think over two legs and, you know, short distance, etc. cetera. Um, but Ajax, yeah, happy to play them. They obviously had a dreadful start to the season, sack mm. the manager. Worst yeah. starting 59 years, but then they have picked up now. Um, their form is kind of like the fourth best in the Eredivisie. They've only won one in the last five, though. But since November, they've won 
a fair few games, but again, the Eredivisie level isn't very good. Yeah, but, I, I checked the league table before this, expecting them to be near the bottom still, given the, you know, it was quite quite uh, famous, yeah. for want of a better word, wasn't it, how badly they were doing at the start of the season for a club like Ajax to be without a win for over long, bottom of the league, and all these different things. So I expected them to be further down than fifth, but it's still Ajax fifth in, in their league is nowhere near where they should be. That's still poor for them. I think they were two points ahead of go ahead in sixth place. Go ahead, oh, Eagles. Yeah, the standard is is so so different. <laughs> it's yeah. almost a perfect tie, I think, in terms of like the 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 stature of it. Like it looks good, doesn't it? Villa and Ajax, two yeah. two big clubs. Uh, it's one that everyone's aware of. It's an easy thing to travel to, as you've mentioned. A good allocation at Amsterdam, uh, that their stadium. Like it's all kind of set up for when you look through them, you go, "Oh, Villa Ajax, that's that's the one." That, if, if if they weren't all televised, you go, "That's the one that's on TV." Like it's got that kind of glamour to it. Yeah. I think we'll definitely beat them. I don't think. Right. I don't think. I don't think. That's, well, yeah, you know. You know. I'm like it. I don't get all this jinxing stuff. It's rubbish, isn't it? But if we keep saying we're the favourite for the tournament, no, I we're going to play different people at, at certain stages. So playing somebody that we've you know hardly heard of, or playing Ajax, who everyone's heard of, and you know what they're going to do, yeah. it doesn't matter, does it? If we if we think if we know what we think we are and play to our best ability, we should be beating. Apart from like the circumstances of you said, like once it goes into the next round, I'm almost more fearful of the next round that if you get a Fenerbahce away or something and it's going to be kind of really atmospheric, you'd go, oh, I'm a little bit apprehensive yeah. about that. And that's a, a mitigating factor too. Well, yeah, we're better than them, but that kind of atmosphere could really could make a difference. For the Ajax game, I just think, well, even if it's a draw at their place or if they beat us at their place, I think we'll be definitely beating Villa Park. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think this... In this tournament, right, Villa are clearly the favourites. They have the better, uh, best squad than any other team. And, you know, that is just fact. So there needs to be a leveller in these games for teams to beat us, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much of a leveller against us and Ajax. Clearly, they're, you know, a, a, a decent team. They're better than Servette and Molder, I think. I don't actually know for sure. Um, but there isn't much of a leveller because Villa are going to a stadium that holds about 50,000. They used to that every week in the Premier League, pretty much. I mean, Villa yeah, Park. Yeah, exactly, yeah whatever not far off um it's going to be a good pitch you know i say it's not going to be raucous the team you mentioned there dan fenerbahce that's the one that i look at and think avoid <laughs> because that is that is a level up firstly they have some good very good players uh Dzeko, tadic um a couple of couple of other players as well but going there will be difficult that'll be very similar to like a leggy warsaw and fenerbahce are in general just a good team they're in in the title race at the moment, Galatasaray, as, as you'd probably expect. But that means that they're used to winning games. So that that's the one I look at and think, you know, avoid that if we can. You know, even in the final, wouldn't, wouldn't want to play them. Um, Fiorentina, very experienced team, obviously got to the final last year, so they'd be difficult, but there isn't like, a huge level there again. Uh, Lille, the same, good team, but Villa aren't kind of going out of the ordinary if they go to France, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think it's about just playing our own game in, in this tournament pretty much and trying to just overcome some of the challenges that we might not have in the Premier League, which is you know better atmospheres in some stadiums where you can't hear your teammates, that sort of stuff. So um, for that reason, yeah, happy with Ajax. We should get through, really, as you say, Dan, as long as we play to our best. Um, that's us as well, knocking out a decent team. I, I like mm-hmm. the rest of the draw as well. Pauk, mm-hmm. who, were, who were quite handy. Um, I think they won all of their games or they're unbeaten. They're got through against Frankfurt in the group stage as well. Um, they play... Oh, I've completely forgotten, which isn't good. Oh, I haven't got it. I ain't got it in front of me. It doesn't yeah. matter. 
because they played a decent team that came down from the bear with me for like two seconds power oh, played Zagreb but that's it they play Zagreb so that the, okay. one of them going out is good Fiorentina Maccabi Haifa one of them going out again good Olympiacos Tel Aviv the other tie um, you'd expect Lille to go through against them Graz and then Fenerbahce and the rest of those sides will be looking at our game as well aren't they going well, Villa or Ajax one of those is yeah. going out so yeah, yeah. USB Fenerbahce yeah. as well is good I think so there's you know if you're half the teams that are going to be in the 16 um, I think it makes for you know good reading for Villa fans really if we can get through Ajax and all of a sudden you kind of look and think well okay you know we can we can do this so uh, mm. yeah bring it on yeah, in a strange way, I would again. We'll we'll move on from this in a second. Get back to the forest, but in a strange way, I'd rather play somebody like an Ajax, who you know are going to come out and, and want to play football, than the lowest ranked side in the competition, who are just going to sit there and be horrible to play against, and that might cause us problems in a in a, in a horrible way. Again, yeah. still over two legs, I would expect Villa's quality to show out uh, against anyone really. But you know, if you play the equivalent of the Sheffield United game at Villa Park in Europe over two legs and it's really bitty and horrible then things can happen and that's the lev- the level yeah. that leveler that you talk about they're not as good as us but they've made it that kind of they've dragged us down to their level if I come out and play and we can play onto them we're better than them so we'll we'll win and Bright, that's what and beat them twice we're better than Brighton yeah, exactly. that's, that's how yeah. football works isn't it exactly yeah 2-0 home and away and as Emery said as, as we know as well, Dutch teams tend to play the same way AZ try to play against us at home and we dispatch them like comfortably. So hopefully against Ajax we can, you know, at least get a draw. If we can get an advantage, bring them back to Villa Park, happy days, then kind of um, you know, all of a sudden as I said, you have got the international break coming up soon after that. I think it might be after the West Ham game, uh, which would be after the second leg. Then you've got, you know, a nice little break then attack the rest of the season. So that's the kind of the perfect course over the next few weeks. So yeah, happy with Ajax. It's um yeah, good draw for Villa. Yeah. We're gonna move on to the opposition view now, which I'll cut with Max Hayes from the Garbaldi Red Nottingham Forest podcast. Now I recorded this early in the week. Obviously me and John are live at the moment, so I'm gonna to have to play this clip in here and hope that this works. So I'm gonna press some buttons and hopefully you'll hear from me and Max early in the week. Right, Max, thanks for joining us on the Opposition View on the Climate Blue podcast. You're from the Garbledy Red Nottingham Forest podcast. I've got four questions for you ahead of Villa versus Forest this weekend. First of all, uh, obviously, Forest won against West Ham at the weekend, uh, 2-0. Do you think you turned a corner under Nuno? Is this, is this the start of something? Yeah, hopefully, Dan. Um, I, I think I think it, it's time to to kick on now. Really, given that he's replaced a, a fan's favourite in Steve Cooper, there was a few kind of worries and concerns around the crowd, given the amount of injuries and players we had off to Afcon recently. That Forest were getting more kind of more and more dragged into the relegation battle, and we still might be given the possible points deduction that the club will get um, in a few weeks. We find out, but it's a, we're only four points off from the relegation zone now, um, which it doesn't seem like a lot. But I think in terms of players and, and, and mentality-wise, it probably does a lot around the dressing room. So, yeah, now's the time to kick on. And, and I'd like to think Forrest will take momentum to Villa Park, really, on Saturday. If that was to happen, which obviously you're still waiting to find out, and the severity of it as well, it could be four points, it could be ten, I suppose, if you look at Everton. Do you think you could still stay up with a points deduction, or is that too much to ask? I think I think any more than than four or five points, I think Forest would struggle. Um, I just think it's probably too much to come back from that. Saying that, you look at a side like Everton, who have almost used it as a bit of a siege mentality. So potentially mm-hmm. that's almost yeah. maybe Nuno is not hoping for it, but but he'll be thinking maybe that at the back of his head that the players can go out there and it's kind of um, everyone against us kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and, and and Forest will go on and 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 do all right from there, but. 
I don't know. I think I think it, I think I genuinely just think it depends on 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 the numbers. Um, I just think that the all season Forest have been undone and let down by silly errors and defensive mistakes that have really cost us. And when you're fighting for allegation with a points deduction, you can't afford to make those mistakes. And Forest have made them recently. So I do think a points deduction any more than four or five points, then I, I would fear for Forest going down for sure. Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White feels like the easy pick for me to say he's your best player. Is that who we should be most worried about if we stop Gibbs-White? We have a good chance of stopping Forrest or is that too simplistic? Um, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I think since Nuno's come in and actually played Gibbs-White in his natural position, which is in the middle, Cooper was a big fan of playing him kind of sometimes as the kind of number 10 or, or kind of just out wide and it just didn't work. Since Nuno's come in, a player he worked under um and with at Wolves he's he's, he's done he's, he's done a great job and, and kind of Morgan has, has has almost turned himself around a little bit not saying that he had a poor start but he just mm. couldn't really capitalize a lot of the time on on chances but if you look at statistically he scored more goals since Nuno's come in he's creating more for the side he is a real playmaker but it isn't just him I think that that Villa probably have to be worried about um the front three for Forrest at the moment now Taiwo Awani is back it's 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 lethal. Um, you've got Anthony Alanga and Callum Hudson Adoy. Hudson Adoy's full in confidence. Scored again last game. Alanga seems to be creating so much. He's actually created more. I think I was looking at a stat the other week. He's created more than any front third Man United player since he's left, which is mental. Attacking wise, going forward, Forest are great. Defensively, not so much, and, and that's where Villa will probably hurt Forest most likely on Saturday. Mm, you mentioned that, the silly mistakes and the defensive errors and stuff. That feels like a bit of an opportunity for Villa, someone like Watkins running in behind with, with pace or something. From your perspective, as looking at Villa's squad, which is littered with talent, pushing for the Champions League, like it's a good side that Villa have built there under Emery. Probably not as easy to nail down one, but who, who are you most concerned about kind of dealing damage on Forest? Probably Watkins. I think if Forest have a defensive error and, and, a, and, a, and a ball gets to him, I'll be stood in the away end at Villa Park on Saturday at worrying and thinking it's probably going to end up in the back of the net. I just think he's a top striker. I looked at him a few years ago and I think when Villa signed him, everyone thought he'd do well, but probably not as well as he has done. And um, mm. That's no disrespect to him, but I just think he's kind of flourished at, at Villa Park and You've got a you know a world class manager. We touched on it on on the podcast that we've just done, Dan, and, and we talk about Unai Emery, and he seems to get the best out of players. He reminds me a little bit. I know it's a completely different comparison and, and contrast, but you look at Forest's previous manager, Steve Cooper, in the Championship. There was players in the Championship that we had that just didn't really seem to do that great, and Cooper came in and almost just really kind of got them under his wing and 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 turned them around and. Um, I'm not saying that kind of Villa needed that, but but I'm sure you'll agree that probably Unai Emery has come in and, and he's just made players better, which is the oh, job of a manager. Yeah. And, and and also you look at a player for Forest a bit similar. He's out injured at the minute for about six weeks, but Chris Wood would go games without contributing anything and you would not see him. And then he turned up at Boxing Day against Newcastle and, you know, scored a hat-trick. And then he's just always there, right place, right time. Same for, for, for Taiwo, although Taiwo up front for Forrest can hold the ball up. That's his, mm. his, his his main strength in a way. And he's got that strength himself. He's very difficult. He's a bit of a handful for, for defenders. He's probably made, again, he, he's a player that can go 
completely unnoticed for the whole game and then a ball gets to him and he can turn and and, and there you go and, and, and Forrest have a goal kind of out of nowhere really. I, I also wanted to give a quick mention um, to Matty Cash. I think there's always a bit of something when a former player returns to the club, although obviously Forrest come and visit Villa Park. Um, I think Cash was really well thought of at, at Forrest. Mm. I'll never forget when we started playing him as a right back and everyone went, he's never a right back, including me. And now look at him, he's just done brilliantly. And and it's nice to see him doing well in the Premier League. I think when Forest fans will watch a game, if Villa are playing Man United and we're, you know, we're the neutral as you like, we'll be hoping that Cash scores and, and does well. And maybe that adds something to the game on Saturday. And not just that and the kind of special feeling around him returning, but but also his technical ability. I mean, I think he's a brilliant footballer and, and if and if we could have him back at Forest, I would take him back um, in a heartbeat, especially to replace Nuno Tavares. <laughs> uh, right, very quickly then, Max, to end uh, a score prediction for the weekend. What are you going to say? I'd expect probably a Villa win it, it, if I was going for my head, uh, but I think that Forest can take some momentum in. We've done better on the road this season, away under Nuno and even previously with Cooper. I'll go a draw. I'll go 2-2, two, two, Dan. Oh, Desmond, lovely. All right, hopefully not. I'll save my score prediction for the rest of the show when I'm back with John. Uh, Max, thanks for joining us and all the best for the rest of the season, but certainly not on Saturday. Uh, John, we'll do our score predictions in a little bit. Let's run through the predicted 11, though, first of all. Uh, can Unai Emery make many changes for this weekend or is it as you were for the, from the Fulham game? Yeah, I'd expect unchanged, I think. I don't think there's many changes that can be made. I think DRB... It's probably the only one, Luca Dean, potentially making his first start since the United defeat on Boxing Day. But I'd go unchanged, to be honest, mate. I know this is a bit of a short segment now, but... <laughs> That's where we are, isn't it? There really isn't. There is so few options. I think there was a discussion yeah. one stage about whether Tiedemans or Ramsey maybe plays, but with Kamara not playing and McGinn playing further back, both playing now. So, yeah, this probably is the, the shortest segment in Club podcast history. But if everyone's okay with that, I think we just move on, to be honest, and, and finish the show. Uh, let's go predictions then. Uh, Max has gone for the Desmond, Desmond 2 2. Uh, last time out, by the way, John, pull him away, of course. I went 3 1. Do you remember what you went for? 2 1 Villa. 2 1 Villa, correct. Three points for you last week, just the one for me. So in the games in 2023, I had a 20 point, uh, I had 20 points, you had 16. So from then, we both got the Sheffield United outcome correct. Uh, so as we were 17 and 21, that three points against Fulham takes you to 20, and the one point takes me to 22 if my on air maths is, is correct. So it's getting tight as we head into the running. The uh, the predictions league is getting is getting tight between us. So Forest at home, chance to overturn. Uh, well, not chance to overturn. As in, like if we win at the weekend, the, those defeats are cancelled out. But to put an end to a losing run at home, what are you going with for for Forest? Um, there'll be goals in the game, but I think it will mm. be tight. So I'm inclined to go with another two one. Uh, I'll say. Mm, oh, yeah, two one. Two, one. Two, one. Two one, two one, Villa for John. I also agree that there'll be goals in the game. I don't think we're at the stage of keeping a clean sheet just yet. I think Forest are dangerous going forward, as, as we talked about and as Max spoke about there as well. So so well. Um, so I'm going to put a one in the Forest in the Forest part first. Villa, oh, I feel like just going big for the sake of it. Four one, <laughs> four one, Villa. Let's get some Everyone goals. Because usually when you do, it happens. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, I would bet I was half inclined to say three-one, but um, 
Yeah, yeah. I'd love to just go three 0 and be comfortable and keep a clean sheet. But I just don't think that's that's going to happen at the moment. Forest are dangerous, so let's go. Let's go big. Let's go bold. Four one Villa, two one for you, and we will reconvene and check the scores next week as we head into the run in. Uh, John, that's it. I think there's nothing left on the agenda for me to discuss. So thank you very much for joining me. Uh, thanks everyone for watching along live on YouTube. Uh, if you're if you what. If you've listened to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, please get involved with the review system and share your thoughts. That would be uh, very much appreciated. Myself and Matt Kendrick will be back live on air on YouTube tomorrow evening for the post-match show. Uh, it's a 3 o'clock kickoff, so we're probably looking at a 7pm, 8pm start for the podcast tomorrow night. So come back for that. Hopefully it's a big three points and a 4-1 uh, result we're talking about. Uh, until then, we'll, uh, we'll see you then. <laughs> what a terrible outro, right? Come on. <laughs>